You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, good. And in the province of Alberta, Canada? Hey, everyone, it's Sean. Hope you're doing well. And happy Father's Day belated, I guess, whenever this gets dropped. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And we'll discuss that in a second. And from the state of Wisconsin? Hey, this is Amy. Um, happy Juneteenth, which is amazingly cool. It's actually a federal holiday now, so that's really awesome. And also, happy Father's Day. Very good. Um, and uh, we had one other person that was uh, contemplating of joining us, but uh, he forgot that it was Father's Day, and he didn't let me know until later in the day, and uh, I wish he had let me know earlier. For, uh, Johnny from Massachusetts, uh, but he does apologize. Um, so uh, we are here on uh, the 19th of June, 2022, which, as uh, Sean mentioned, uh, was uh, – Father's Day, uh, for folks who are curious when we record these episodes, because sometimes they don't come out right away. As uh, Barrett knows, we have a, a bunch of horror films and other films in the can that are coming out sooner or later that were recorded some time ago. Uh, but this one should uh, be released pretty quickly, uh, most likely uh, the 20th or 21st of June. Um, so, uh, who is Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews? Uh, that is the podcast, uh, that happens to land on the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, that's a website that has multiple podcasts, including a podcast from many of your co-hosts on this podcast here, as well as, uh, podcasters, uh, that aren't on the show. And also we do have news and articles and release notices and things of that nature as well. Uh, also, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or press uh, the contact us menu choice on the menu on any page of Dark Discussions, and it will open up a email box, and you can email us that way as well. Um, we will read your emails on the podcast if you do, so uh, your comments on uh, for example, the review tonight that we have or any other reviews or anything that you've seen that you want to let us know about. Uh, once again, we will read your email on the podcast. Now, uh, besides all that on www.darkdiscussions.com, uh, Sean, what else can people find on that website? Uh, you can also check and click on the Patreon button. And the, what you can do is click on the Patreon bot button. It will take you to Patreon where you can um, – 
become a financial supporter of the podcast because the podcast itself is free and there's a lot of time and effort and cost involved in keeping it free. So any financial contribu- contributions you can make is much appreciated. Uh, what you can do is for every $5 that you donate each month, you get to pick a movie that will then go into a raffle draw at the quarter or each quarter. And then you, depending on what happens with your luck, you might be able to get your movie picked for a review, which will end up on one of the different feeds, depending on what it is. And you can, uh, for every $5 you donate, you can get one movie choice. So if you do $15 a month, you get three movie choices. They can be all the same movie or they could be different movies, whatever combination you want. And it's just kind of nice to, if you can, financially support the podcast because there's a lot of work and stuff and time involved. So it's appreciated. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we had a uh, up to $400 worth of uh, bills this month alone in these past three weeks from re-upping our, uh, uh, our um, test website, the website that we, we do our testing on before we load it onto uh, the main website, as well as upping the storage um, cloud that holds all the podcast episodes. Uh, came to that came to 260, and then the, the test site came, was like another 150. So, uh, any money that anybody would like to donate would be greatly appreciated. Uh, but again, uh, it is only uh, if you want to. Uh, in other words, anything will help, but we're not obviously requesting it any in any way except as your generosity um now uh barrett uh what, what's going on this month uh for halloween batiste psychotronic reviews this is lgbtq month and we are celebrating pride month by watching uh a different movie every week for four weeks of the month um we're watching lesbian art house films um previously we have watched ride or die and bear so far this month and tonight's episode will be about the movie called the adored all right let's uh listen to that trailer jim what is it that you feel that you're missing love I just wanted to say thank you for agreeing to this at such short notice. It's a problem. It's an absolute pleasure. You're so quiet. There's so much space. Nobody around for miles. When I see those photos, I don't recognise myself. That was a different time. That woman is not me anymore. What about your husband? What? When's the last time he held you? Made love to you? Whose fault was it, yours or his? That bad, huh? You know, I can't believe that in a day I feel so much better. It's like I can really breathe here. Why don't you stay and I can show you the coastline? It's really stunning. If you could just see it here, it is so beautiful. You stood up for me. I never let anybody shake up my girl. close to her. Our first kiss. That's what helps me remember. And when you picture her with someone else? Why would you say that? It's you and a little girl called Chloe. You don't have the right to do this! 
and you have violent thoughts. Yes. I thought I just saw something outside. The idea of Frankenstein was born. Here. It's about me needing the space! All right, uh, Adored, uh, it's a, a UK film. Uh, it's probably the uh, lowest profiled film uh, that we've ever done on um, the theme months that we've done in the past three or four years. Um, the film is uh, 2022, what am I saying? 2012 film. Uh, it's directed by Carl Medlin and Amajit Singh. Uh, and it is written by Jody Medland. Uh, the film uh, is a very small cast film, but uh, it has a, a handful of folks, including Laura Martin Simpson and Eon Spotler as the two leads. Uh, and then Jake Mascal is in it. And then uh, Caroline Burns Cook as uh, pretty much, um, she would be the, the fourth biggest person in the film in the sense of uh i guess screen time uh but uh the two lead women Mar laura martin simpson and eon butler are the two nominal leads with uh jake mescal having a small but pivotal who is carl medlin he played alex but was alex the guy that came out of the water later in the movie uh, that's uh i i i can think of or maybe someone that was at the bar maybe Okay. Um, yeah. In the bar scene. <laughs> I just don't. I don't picture him in either of those spots. So, but it could yeah. be the glasses, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got that picture of him too. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Uh, but again, there's uh, only a handful of folks that are in the film. Um, it's, it's. I don't want to call it a bottled film, meaning a film that is only in one location. Uh, but it's generally in one location, even if it's not a true bottle film, because it takes place mostly in, in a state house on the beach. Um, and and then some of the grounds. And then uh, there's one scene at a local pub or restaurant. And then there's a, a, the B story, which takes place pretty much as a bottle film in a... Uh, uh, doctor's office. Um, so it is an interesting <clears throat> put together film for sure. Um, pretty much everybody in the film is uh, British uh, with various uh, ethnicities uh, of the characters from uh, mixed race Bahamian, uh, Indian, British, meaning, uh, let me rephrase, English, uh, Welsh, Scottish and Irish folks. So it's a, uh, interesting, uh, you know, typical British cast. Um, all right. So, uh, I guess we can get into, uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And, uh, I guess we'll start with, uh, you, Sean. Uh, I was not aware of the movie prior to mentioning it for a review this week. Uh, I did, however, find it a uh, very enjoyable watch, like the story, like the different uh, things that it played with in regards to perspective in that. And I just thought it was a really nice, a nicely shot film as well. So I enjoyed it. 
That sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, um, I'm not sure how I heard about this film, but it popped up uh, a couple of years ago uh, when we started doing uh, Art House Lesbian films for the theme month of Pride, um, June. And um, it was one film that I had on the agenda as possibly doing, but I kept on passing on it as a topic because it seemed more of a thriller than a straight drama. And it's an interesting thing because the, the film is marketed uh, two ways as a thriller in one sense. And then if you look at completely different uh, ads or articles about the film uh, or release notices, they try to portray it as a art house um, love story instead. Um, so um passed on it a couple of times as a choice just for the fact that it was more it sounded more possibly being a thriller and, and we're trying to stick closer to um dramas for this month theme um but uh popped up again this year and so uh we cho- chose it or uh, I, I suggested it um so i watched it uh last night and um it's it's a pretty good film it's 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 a strange film especially with the B story um, because the B story is really just a big twist at the end. And there's one scene that kind of may give away the twist, like 10 minutes to 15 minutes left in the film, but uh, because of like a dream sequence or something, but generally um, uh, I kind of figured it out because of that scene. And then when it happened, it still was kind of shocking. But it's interesting character study of two women who are most certainly behavioral health individuals. Um, they have some, some problems and it's interesting to see the two one where we're, we're shown as a, as um, possibly issues right away with OCDs and things of that nature. And then the other one, you slowly learn things about her and her issues are, you find out are as, I guess, um, uh, uh, hurtful to her um, life as the, the first woman's issues. Uh, and so they're kind of both equal. So uh, it's interesting in that aspect as well. Um, and then, of course, the, the thriller aspect. Um, for, for folks who like thrillers, uh, it's pretty pretty interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good film. I, I guess I'm right there with you, Sean. Uh, let's go with you, Amy. Um, I didn't ever hear about the movie before um it is an interesting movie um i personally love um the romantic poets so um the connection to perceive shelley um interested me right away i was a little annoyed because they misrepresented the um location um the place that they are represent that they're talking about is the villa diodoro Diodente, Diodotore. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mispronouncing it, but um, that is a villa in, um, I want to say France, but it might be Italy. Um, it's on an island, um, but the place that they actually were uh, was actually a place that Shelley had lived at, but it was in Wales. And um, that is not where Frankenstein was written. And um, they do kind of make a big thing about that. And I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be 
like a hint that everything wasn't right with the person um, speaking about it, or 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 if that was just um, background sort of stuff that you aren't supposed to know. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure, but um, I did like it. It was um, it was an interesting movie. Um, I was very interested in what was going on with the characters um, because, because of the way the, um, they portrayed themselves. Um, but yeah, um, there was a lot of confusing things that did take a while to kind of clear up in my head. I'm still a little confused about the ending, but at the same time, I mean, obviously it was pretty bluntly understandable. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my impressions. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, Bert? Um, I had not heard of this film until you suggested it for this week. Um, I really like this film. I like the, uh, the idea of obsession that it explores throughout the film, um, in, in many different ways. I think all three of the characters actually have behavioral health issues, not just the two. Um, and it, it's, an, it's just an interesting study. Um, I think it's well acted. The cinematography is really well done. And it definitely keeps you wondering all the way through the movie. So it's a thumbs up for me. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. So uh, that's how we heard about the film and our general thoughts on the film. With that, uh, Barrett, uh, do you have a wiki or IMDb or something? Wiki, wiki, wiki. Uh, yes, we do. Um, but I don't really like it, but okay. <laughs> Photographer Francesca builds Maya's confidence while having to control her own obsessive and sexual desires towards Maya. As they spend more time together, Maya becomes the object of her obsession and things slowly spiral out of control. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. I, I, I mean, I don't know if it tells too much. But... It's not well written, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah. That right. is actually the, um, it, that is the only thing that I could find written on it, that paragraph right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very very low profile film. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really even is. have a Wikipedia page for how long it's been out. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, what I yeah, found on the Wik- I did find a Wikipedia, but um, it's just had that paragraph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it's hit listed here as drama, mystery, romance, uh, and uh, LGBTQ um, as well. Uh, the film. Um, has no review on Rotten Tomato, though it is listed there. Um, though um, it is getting a 3.8 out of 10 rating on on uh, IMDb out of 179 reviews, which uh, isn't favorable. Um, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, it does have at least, if not a critical response or reviewership, it does have um uh, audience viewership rating and that has it at the last time I checked which was yesterday uh, at 17% positive reviews uh so that isn't promising as well now I'd, I'd be curious to see what those reviews are and why 
but um, I didn't see if they were just like someone checking stars off without actually writing a review, in other words, just rankings or not. Um, but either way, we're, we're here to talk our opinions anyways. Um, all right, so uh, for folks who are new to uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews and how we do things here, uh, basically we, um, first off, which I didn't mention earlier, we usually do uh, all sorts of genre films, so uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mystery, grindhouse, art house, um, cult films, drive-in films, foreign films, and things of that nature. We also do interviews at times sometimes book reviews and we've even been done a um episode on a television series a french vampire series simply called i think vampires um so uh that's what we usually do uh but again art house is in in the mix and that's what we're doing here tonight uh on the podcast we don't just review films so we're not here to just give our review uh we're also here to critique and dissect the film so at a point we're going to throw up a um a spoiler alert so if you uh haven't seen the film and you prefer to see it before we get into spoilers we'll throw that out uh shortly uh so at least you can listen to what we've already recorded plus another maybe 10 or 15 minutes or even maybe only five minutes of general stuff related to throwers to uh this subgenre of lgbtq films uh, lesbian art house films as the subgenre or anything related to uh, non-spoilery stuff that is specific in the movie similar to uh, what Amy mentioned about the Shelley, Percy Shelley and also um, Mary Shelley and Frankenstein and things of that nature that are referenced at one point in the film. Um, Alright, so that's the house cleaning um, we can get into uh, non-spoilery stuff related Directly or generically to the film, uh, anybody want to start? In. Yeah, please do, John. So uh, Amy brought up the point about Villa Diodati. Um, it's actually off of Lake Geneva in Switzerland. I was okay. just looking that up, and I was going to um, throw that in too. So, and that's where the uh, Polidori also wrote the vampires. So the vampire and Frankenstein were both written in that three-day period yeah. that they were there. How crazy yeah. is that? The, uh, well, and um. Byron wrote something too, but I don't know that it was put out um, very much. Byron and Shelley also um, had their pieces. But the other question t- is: Is she doing that just to scare the to scare Maya? I think it or, was. Which is what I thought. I think maybe it might have been owned by Byron, but <laughs> I don't know that her stories could be trusted. I think she was just trying to manipulate her. That's what that's what my guess was. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably true, and. Um, the the actual place that they were at, um, I did find that um, that was the only other paragraph there. So there were technically two paragraphs, <laughs> um, but it was uh, apparently in Wales, and um, it is a place that Shelley did live at. So they were at a place that Shelley did live at. It just wasn't the place that she identified, which made me think that maybe it was being identified as that on purpose, um, like you're saying for us, like a scare factor. Yeah, and that's possible. Yeah, I, I didn't buy the story at all the moment no. she said it, and so <laughs> yeah. I didn't bother doing research to see if, if what she was saying was true. Not that I had much time to anyway, because again, I just watched the film uh, last night at eight 
or nine o'clock last night, and then all day today was Father's Day, so I, I was spending time with the family. Um, and so I, a, I, yeah, go ahead. There's a, I'm sorry. There's a, a plaque when right when they first walk in the door. There's a plaque on the wall that it says says something about um, this location was visited by Percy B. Shelley. Um, I can't, re- I couldn't read the whole thing, uh, but it, it was basically like, you know, so-and-so lived here, so-and-so stayed here sort of a thing. Gotcha. So that's why I noticed it. The thing I was thinking is, man, this uh, photographer must be freaking rich. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you may be right, Sean, um, because the, based off of how they, she spoke of herself, never mind um, her client, um, and uh, the photographer's name in the film is called uh, Francesca. Francesca, and her client is Maya. Maya is a model that comes to Francesca to have a a new shoot. Um, it sounds as if Francesca was somewhat of a well-known photographer in the field, like and, high end. Yeah, high end. Yeah, very. And it can yeah. make it can make or break a um, people's careers. Yeah, so. It wouldn't surprise me if she, if she was one of those folks that had ridiculous money. But again, a lot like of people are inherent Leibowitz? money anyway. I'm sorry? Like, like an Annie Leibowitz sort of person? Yeah, or, or any of those folks, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I kind of uh, wish they would have made that a little more clear. I kind of got that idea, but um, it was a little bit hard to grasp. So that would have been... If they would like redo it, you know, because I'm sure they're going to redo this movie. But um, if they would, I would definitely say to focus more on that and the fact that the um, Maya was a model at some point, because I did. It, it was like very quickly um, bumped over. Sure. Well, yeah. And, and one thing um, that I thought was interesting, uh, uh, Maya being a model and if Francesca was that big of a photographer um you know when i usually think of a big photographer and the type of models they would work with i think of giselle bunchen and you know cindy crawford's and you know all the 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 top of the line folk uh meyer um you know she's a a beautiful woman but i i in no way thought of that person that that woman to be someone of of top supermodel Naomi Campbell types um, stock, so to speak. So it could also be uh, like, they never specified what she modeled. So you well, can, yeah. that's really subjective too. I mean, yeah. cause each person sees, I don't find Naomi Campbell very attractive. So that's just a personal thing. Um, you know, it's just, you never know who's going to be a model. And sometimes you'll see an actor who's, who was a model and you're like, what the hell? Um, so Plus if it's, if it's a photographer like Annie Leibovitz or something like that, they will do models, but they will also do regular S people like, um, Leonard yeah. Nimoy or something like that. Oh, and um, she's which, trying to remake her career. So yeah, being a little clear on what her career exactly was, would have been yeah. good. Um, yeah. right. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, based off of what she said, she did, and they, oddly, they never show the photographs. She looks at, true. they show her old portfolios, 
and it appears that, and she says that she doesn't like how she was or looked in the past, and oh, she wants to reinvent herself. They did show a couple of photographs on computer, on the computer. Remember, okay. um, yeah, she was like sitting on the couch. I think it's very that. intentional how little they show. I think so. Yeah. They don't yes. want you to really think outside this box that we're in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, and they, yeah, they want to make a, most of the both characters ciphers almost, and you, yeah, because yeah. then you out. don't know who is is what. <laughs> yeah, because if they start dropping too much, then it's going to take away from whatever they're actually trying to do. Yeah, get, they're trying to be sparing for a reason, and I don't hold that against them. Because I understand kind of what they're trying to do with the storytelling. So it's not like one of those cases where you feel like they do something and it's like a cheap gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, swerve or something. Like there was a reason why they told the story the way they tell it. And that's yeah. why and I accept that's why they don't give you a ton of information because with, the information will change how you perceive the story, is what I would guess. I can see that. I just wish it would have been a, a, a little bit more. Like, if they could have just maybe put a couple more breadcrumbs out there. Yeah, and that's a fair point, Amy, because they could have, like, had Meyer ta- talk about, you know, uh, her notoriety, meaning notoriety as in, 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 positive, in fame, whether she's just a magazine model that you see in, like, Sears catalog, or is she you know, uh, Naomi Campbell or Giselle Bungeon or not. And um, they don't do that. So we don't know anything about her. Um, and even at one point, I'm thinking maybe she's just a potty girl that has extra money that's attractive because, you know, I don't like those pictures that I, I'm in in the past. So I'm thinking it's more like a Kim Kardashian where she's just photographed at famous events and she's not really even doing modeling or something. And they don't they don't really tell you that. And, and so... It is very vague who Maya is. And again, that's partly some of the stuff is intentional that she's vague because of a big twist later in the film. But I think they could have let us know what her background was in modeling, whether she was just a potty girl that was wealthy, whether she was actually famous, whether she was just an up and comer, you know, but they don't. So that was somewhat confusing. So her story, Maya's story was harder to figure out than Francesca's. I felt. Yeah. Uh, I think that also, um, but Francesca's Francesca's was darn hard to figure out though. I I definitely say that because I, I understood a general idea about her, but there seemed to be more going on that, um, was up in the air. It was very confusing. Yeah, well, let me rephrase. Uh, Francesca was more easy to understand her her importance in the field that she was in. In other words, yeah. we, we okay. could understand that she was probably a pretty high-regarded fashion photographer or whatever, while Maya, we didn't really know what she was. Well, there's, there's another thing they hide from us is how long these two have known each other as well, because yeah. I feel like the time is greater than it seems because for something to occur 
it seems like it would take more time for for them to to fall into this, but maybe not. I don't know. I just yeah. we don't we don't I, know that part, so it's hard to say. That might be virgin on spoiler territory, but I know that's why it's trying to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I agree also that that thing um, would probably take more time than um, is given it. Yeah. Yeah, I would also like to know how they met too. I mean, again, if it's been that much longer than it seems from when we're introduced, and how they connected, because you know, was it just like uh, someone came to Francesca and said, uh, "Here, I have this this woman Maya that that could be a good person for you to work with," or did they meet at a party or or whatever? Because when yeah. they're both introduced, they just introduced on, I guess based off what you said, Amy, the Welsh coast where, or, or, or the, some lake in Wales and yeah. they pull over on the side of the road and Meyer is looking at, at the lake or ocean or whatever, or channel or whatever it is. And Francesca comes back out of the car. And at the beginning, I even thought Francesca may just be the chauffeur or something, you know, or, or, or something or and she says yeah it's very beautiful isn't it and uh it's quiet out here or whatever um you know let me know when you're ready and we, we can continue to the house and and that's it that's that's how yeah. we're introduced to the two and we don't know any anything about how they met and i had a little nitpick going with that just the idea that you usually think if you're doing a shoot that you're going to have more than one person so yeah. the fact that it was just Francesca the whole time, that felt weird. That is maybe weird. That's, it didn't feel weird to I, me because the intention yeah. of it was for them to discuss how they were going to make her career turn around or whatever, make her remake her. And they're just taking some pictures while they were doing that over the weekend. I mean, it was more of a process than a job because – these pictures might get used, but it wasn't for like, right. hey, she's doing a job for this company to do modeling. You know, that was just a thought that came across me, but I I understand what you're saying too, Barrett. That's totally fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I know if they 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 go to yeah, you're right. I've, you know what though? I've heard photographers, two types of photographers, the ones that have like the the lighting person and the makeup person there with them and all that. So that makes sense. And you so usually have a little crew of people that follow around the photographer uh, or employees of the photographer. Um, and then you have the, I guess the, uh, I'll just use this term since I can't think of another word, uh, ad hoc, where they just, you know, pull out the camera and say, hey, let's just take some sh- shots right now and see see how it goes. And I think maybe, maybe, Francesca is both ways, but in this case, it could have been like you said, where it was going to be them talking over stuff, what they want to do, and then let's just do a couple of quick shots, and that's it. And then it just turned into a longer thing after they became. I think the plan, her plan, was there already before they went, so I think that's part of it. Francesca's plan, totally, totally get that, yeah. So I think that's part of the reason that there's no one else. So, yeah, no, and as I say, it wasn't like a big thing. It was just something that I was thinking about as I'm watching or whatever, right? So as I say, it doesn't have right. a tractor or anything. It's just it was just something that came up on my mind. So yep. right. another might have been interested 
interesting is if um, they would have done just a couple beats, just like little is Maya being like, oh, you don't have anybody else with you? You know, like kind of like a dot, dot, dot. Like this is kind of weird to kind of give you the feeling that maybe Francesca's trying to set something up in a, you know, a more suspicious way. Well, and that that's a fair point too. Yeah, and again, that may not even have been an issue if they had shown like an earlier scene where they were in um, the big city and they had met there at, at an office, and and then Francesca says. Um, if you want, we can we can talk about some stuff um, and come out to my lake house where yeah. I could show you some of my work, whatever. And then maybe that would be easier. But you're right. If if Maya shows up and there's no one there except Francesca, um, and let's assume that neither of them know the sexuality of either other. Then, which it appears they don't actually, um, until they start talking. But Maya may have been suspicious, but maybe she wouldn't even thought anything of it either, because again, she didn't know. Neither of them knew if they were married or, or whatever. Anyway, so I, I don't know. Um, but. Again, some of that could have been filled in to make it a little more clear what was really going on um, and what this weekend or one day meeting was supposed to be, I guess. The only thing that I would add to that is that from the start, Francesca gave the creeper vibe. Yeah, well, and that was the thing. It was that I think they gave it away a little too early, and I don't know if that's that's a good or a bad thing, but when we first meet Francesca, I didn't think she was weird at all. Like when she, when they were in the car and then when they get to the thing, they seem, she seems still pretty normal, but then they have her do the OCD stuff. And at that moment you say, okay, you know, something's going wrong here. And they intentionally added those scenes where she had to move the little statuette back and she had to make sure put the book back in the exact spot and all this other stuff. And so at that point, even if I didn't think she was creepy, even though I kind of guessed it, because again, this, if I knowing this was partly a thriller, you knew something was, and, and if you read that IMDB wiki thing, it, it's, it kind of alludes to obsession and all that. Um, if I didn't know the thriller part by throwing in the OCD stuff, which isn't necessarily something dangerous, but it showed that she had some sort of behavioral health issue. And knowing that it was going to be a thriller, it immediately gives us a, a vibe that she's creepy. And and I don't know if that was for us to be a red herring for a big twist at the end or if they just wanted us to think she was creepy. I, I, I don't I don't know, you know. Um, I think creepy a little bit earlier. Just oh, really? In- yeah, just in some of the ways that um, her looks, the way she uh, looked at Maya. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like a predator. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very. So I thought. Interesting. I thought it looked. Um, there was a couple times where it almost looked like. I'm trying to think of like the the way to explain it. It was like almost like a a silent film character, like lurking, like you know, like doing the right. 
the lurk, <laughs> like quote unquote, you know, like make it look more lurky, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I guess I, I just um, looked at her as a wealthy, uh, elitist sociopath and not as a predator. So meaning that she, you know, here's just another client I, um, I'm using to make my career and my people know that I'm the greatest photographer ever. And, and I didn't get that, but I should have got that because again, we knew it was an option thing. So I should have got those looks as what you guys said, instead of her just being a narcissistic, wealthy, elitist so that's it yeah i think i got that wrong um it should throw up the spoiler flag let's do the spoilers yeah well before the spoilers one of the things i really liked in the beginning was the driving like the car was moving really fast and it's i don't know there was something about that drive between that and her being predatory like it seemed very dangerous and right from the start it wasn't a nice country drive. <laughs> right. It was it was even if the country was nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just see, wanted see, to interject I, that first. <laughs> yeah, and, and that see that's the thing. I, I misread that too, because I just looked at her as this wealthy elitist that thinks she can just drive the roads and you know, no no harm, no foul to her because of who she is. I think it's I think what you're saying is part of it as well. I think she is a wealthy oh, yeah, totally. that can have anything she wants. <laughs> and that's what, how she looks at everybody. Everything's right. just a possession or something to yeah. have, right? Yeah. So so that that plays in it, right? It's just an aspect of it. So yeah. Baird is, a, is right in what uh, your perspective was, Phil. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what, though? I think I looked at it just one down one uh lane and saw both of it so yeah um all right so uh let's let's throw out that spoiler alert uh as as amy suggested uh so uh at this point in the podcast um we are going to now spoil the film meaning we are going to go critique and dissect specific scenes uh what the writer and director were presenting and what they were meaning our opinions on on um some of those plot points uh and of course talking about any of those things uh it'll include spoilers as well as uh talking about the ending and uh the b story uh and so forth uh, so uh, let's throw up the spoiler. So the spoiler is up, and at this point, uh, we can talk about anything and everything. I would so like to start. I was going to say I would like to start with the idea of triple obsession because <laughs> I feel like mean? that's. I feel like they all had some sort of obsession um, oh, gotcha. that was yeah. causing them problems, um, which I found interesting. I mean, even from. Maya, she, you know, waking up in the bedroom, the other woman, um, something was going on there. <laughs> so, well, well, that, yeah, I wanted to bring that up, Barrett. Sorry to interject, but, no, but I think, I think that when, when that stuff started happening, that was when I was saying, okay, so the 
Francesca, the photographer, she was obviously a little more nefarious or or gaslighting in a sense. You know, she had an, a, a thing she wanted, which was um, Maya. I mean, that's what she wanted. Whether or yep. not it was just to use and, and dispose of or whether it was more, it, I guess it doesn't matter. The point was is that's what she wanted. However, I think she would have walked at a point where if, when Maya finally said way and all this, I think she would have walked and let Maya go. Mm-hmm. But when Maya started doing what she did, that showed even more a, a different type of mental behavioral health issue because hers were, I mean, to, to be in the room and, and whether it's sleepwalking or, or I don't know what the hell it was. I, I don't and then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then freak out and blame Maya. I mean, Francesca, when Francesca's like, well, you came to my room, you came into my bed. What do you expect? I would. Well, and that's that where meant. the script really gets flipped. Right. I mean, yeah, cause you yeah. don't know what's going on at that point. And I think I, when I say obsession for Maya, I think her obsession is with, her dead child. Yes. So she has she has issues beyond normal obsession, yeah. uh, a lot of guilt and stuff like that. That's so there's something, trauma. Yeah, trauma, something deeply yeah. ingrained going on with her that causes her to go into the bed and not even know what's going on. What um, I like, though, yeah, is tiny with... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to add that. Not, not, what I was going to add was that not only did... Maya have the the issue with with the dead child, but it effectively destroyed a relationship yep. with her 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 significant other that she was having the child with. So her whole life collapsed in one moment, or, and it's or at least a believable situation too, right? Because this happens yeah to yeah it is couples yeah yeah it's like very real. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Barrett. Go, go. I was just going to say she's doubly hurt because she, at one point, didn't want the child. So she feels like she killed the child because it actually was born and then died. Yeah. I just think that's an important yeah, yeah, point. She, she does it, talk an interesting story, too, about that, where she gets pregnant uh, and everything's fine. And then she starts having behavioral health issues at the beginning of her pregnancy, which is she's worrying that, you know, you hear stories about women after they're pregnant. Um, and I'm just going to state what I've read. Um, you know, their, their breasts become uh, saggy or, or they're, they're, they have stretch marks on their stomach or they gain weight because of uh, that's what a lot of people do. And, and then they can't lose it or whatever. So she becomes panicky about that. So she starts, I guess, uh, starving herself or not eating correctly, and by doing that, she begins to believe she that she's hurting her her baby uh, because the baby's not getting the correct nutrition. I so, told I'm her sorry. That, I think the doctor actually even told her that she wasn't eating correctly for the okay. baby. Uh, okay, so so and we can assume that the doctor was wasn't just being a dink and was actually saying, you know, the, the, you know, because every pregnant woman should have a certain type of diet. 
that. And because she didn't follow procedures because of her own insecurities, I guess, or, or what society, if you, if you want to be not blame the woman, you can say the societies of a model and what they tell a model that, so she doesn't want to eat certain things. And so the baby is still born. And as a result, she has a, a basically a, a mental breakdown and that includes blaming herself and how she was during the pregnancy because of what she thinks. And again, I'm, I'm saying what she says, not what, not my personal opinion that she was being selfish for her, how her, how she looked because of who she was as a model. And as a result, um, she has tremendous guilt and, and has become even more damaged mentally, I think, but you're going to say something, Amy. Oh, I was just saying that, uh, about the, the doctor, it seemed to be, um, uh, talking to her about the health of the baby and the, and her own health as well. Um, but my, I do have a question on Maya in general. I was wondering, is she supposed to be like um, schizophrenic and or have like multiple personalities or something? Because it seemed to be a lot of times where she would either disassociate or and not know what was well, going on or what had happened. Um, yeah, that's a fair point, too. I was thinking it could have been more borderline personality disorder or histrionic personality disorder but that also that those two disorders don't necessarily um answer the fact that you just mentioned which is um the the remembering problems that she had yeah so it could be a number Things. Could those have come from her trauma of losing? Yeah, it seemed like a fugue state to me. That's what it seemed. Yeah, yeah it seemed like it seemed a fugue like state. She'd go into a fugue state when she started getting really down or thinking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? It could be manic, dep- manic depression. Yeah. Because the, that can cause you to intentionally uh, forget things because you don't want to remember, and then you somehow rub it out of your mind. So it could be that too. Wouldn't it also be? And again, we're, we're, I'm an amateur here. I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm just reading. None of us are. Reading. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but no, we don't want hate mail. We're just reading stuff that we've read about these disorders <laughs> or, or mental behavior issues, um, and that's it. So, don't, no, no hate mail, please. But anyway, go on, Sean. You're saying. So I was going to say, well, two things. It could be postpartum as a part of it yeah. as well, because that happens. Yeah. And then, like, so you have the trauma and that, so. Yeah, was, that's true. Because um, we haven't really got into it, was the how the B story really sets you up yes. to think yes. one thing yeah, yes. and plays your expectation all the way to the end. Now, the thing that I wanted to, to say, and I'm sure this is the same thing you guys do, is when you're going in, you're like, what's the trick? What's the <laughs> twist? And you're trying to think through all of the story, what the twist is, and... There was something that was like just weird about, well, it was weird about Francesca for sure. You knew something was off. It was more trauma related for Maya. But then the story, the B story with, um, was it Alex? What's his name? Adrian? Whatever. Sorry. Um, uh, Adrian. Yeah. Talking to the therapist. Yeah. Who's talking to the therapist or the psychiatrist or whatever. Um, 
and talking about his story and just how they how they use that uh, expectations or they create the expectations. And then when they give you the twist and reveal who he's actually talking about, it's I'm like, I don't know, I just thought that was really well done. Yeah. It that the whole twist thing was very it was a little bit ham handed because um I don't know exactly it it seemed a little bit clunky, but it at the same time really was well done because you really didn't know what who he was talking about. So it yeah. was it well done, but it was a little clunky. Yeah, I'll I'll concur with you, Amy. Uh, it was clunky because as a B story, it's it's very separate. Yeah. from the A story. Yeah, it kind of. Oh, and and and. This may this may not be a good analogy, but for me it was always an, a good analogy. Was the Daenerys story in Game of Thrones in, in the first few seasons, where her story was like completely separate from everybody it felt else. Felt like it was taken so away from everything. That storyline, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And so here, every time his story, Adrian's story, came up, it it was. It was, it was him talking to his therapist, whether it was a, a it's a doctor, Dr. Woods, but whether it's a PhD or, or a psychiatrist, what we don't know. Um, but he's just talking about this woman and his relationship and stuff. And so, you, you know, you figure it's, it's um, obviously Maya they're talking about. And, but it's ham fisted in the sense that, like you said, um, Amy is because it's just, it's, it's completely separate from the rest of the story. It, it breaks into the main story every so often. And when he's talking, it's just him talking with her asking the questions, but no like flashbacks yeah. or, or things like that. So you, you are kind of dissociated from the, the relationship that he's talking about, except for what we see in the A story. And so to have that twist, um, it, 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 one, it's obviously intentional and the way they did it because they, they have it so separate, but yeah. So I, I, by just having it that separate, I think you're right. It's a little, little ham fisted or a little, you know what hurt, with it, what hurt with it as well is every time I got those scenes, I got commercials on Tubi. No, oh, yeah. so it really messed with the movie for me because every time I got this interlude, I also got a commercial. So it wanted to go to the back of my head, like, you know, whatever. It's commercial time anyway. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. And I think that was, and actually I'm, I'm asking this, was there an introduction part? Like, did he come in and like shake your no. hand? No, okay. it just started from them talking. Yep. Yeah, I think they really needed that part, like just that little, like maybe five minute introduction thing, like, oh, hi, you know, it's good to meet you. Um, and you don't necessarily have to say anything that would spoiler you out or like, you know, you could make you could make it so that it's, it's said in a way that, you know, you know, like, oh, I'm what what was his name? Adrian. Mm -hmm. uh, Adrian, Adrian, um, yeah, and and you know, just kind of get the uh, that sort of a, a thing going. 
as I, they did mention uh, Francesca's um, partner. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Maya asked, um, you know, like something like, oh, do you have a partner? And then and Francesca says, oh, how modern or something like that, which was a little weird, too. Um, so they never like actually say much about about their partner. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. But I think right. that was intentional, right? That's yeah. again to, to again, build up part of expectations. that. Yeah. So I don't know. The thing that I liked about it, though, was that it was when they did intersperse it in with the A story, it was usually to keep that expectation going. Yeah. Because there was parts in the, the A story that would then be sort of, it would be from his perspective, you thought. Yeah. He's telling his, his story. So that's what I liked about it was that it, it, kept playing with that idea that you're you know if you didn't know better you just assume Maya talks about her husband then he's talking about the difficulties and it's going back and forth so I didn't really have an issue with it but that's that's just me so yeah I I can see that what I thought too that you know that he was just um, he was doing his side of the talking um, but, um, yeah, it was just like, there's like, just like a little, little sprinkles of add-on that would have, um, but made it a little better. Right. No, no and I would concur. I mean, there, there was a couple of things they could have done to integrate the two stories a little better before they finally do merge at the end. Um, but the question is, uh, would that have saved the plot twist or not? Um, and I don't know, but, but you know, it would, in pre-production, they, they could have probably done something. And, and, and again, it would just be a couple of little things they needed to do. Um, not, nothing that would be major rewriting by any means. Uh, it's I am glad that they, did they didn't. Well, with doing flashbacks, though. Yeah, I think that would have taken away from the story is you, you start doing the flashback stuff. That's true. Yeah. So okay. that was just again, that's just from my feeling from how the story was. So in other stories, like you flashbacks are good, right? I guess it just yeah. depends on how you're trying to, to get your, you know, what you're trying to get across. And in some cases, like giving extra exposition or whatever is helpful. And in other times, it it could be a detriment to what you're trying to do, right? It would have filmed very, very carefully. So a way it would have to be extremely and well thought out if they were going to do any sort of flashback. Um, Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like um, I mean, obviously, that that was the the big thing that. I think the writers wanted, which was this interesting, or one writer actually, um, Judy, uh, let me get the name, Jody Medlin. Um, and I'm, I have no idea if Jody is a boy or a girl, um, but because that can be either gender name. Uh, uh, oh, it's a boy, Jody. Okay, Jody wrote his debut feature. Okay, gotcha. So the, uh, Jody Medlin, uh, he wrote. Uh, this this film and obviously he had this cool twist and he added it in um, and the thing is, is is even if they took out that whole B story and they just went with 
the obsession story uh, without the twist. I think finding out Maya may be even more deranged than Francesca was a cool enough twist anyway. Mm. And so the film could have worked that way as well. Um, but adding that extra twist is what either may, I think, made the film even more cool or could have confused people as well because, again, it wasn't as integrated. I don't know. Thoughts, opinions, comments? Um, I thought that the, the I, I guess it's two twists, like you were saying. Um, I don't think that it was a problem. It actually was a complicated enough movie that it could support that. So I I didn't have a problem having the, it's, I don't know if it's exactly two twists, but kind of, yeah. Right. Um, let's see. Um, now, uh, what do we else we want to talk about? Um, where do we want to go? Uh, from here because again we're, we've been i just uh, want to bring up i really like the scene where she gets stuck it, it, it was kind of hard for me to believe that she got stuck and the other woman didn't yes that's what um, i was thinking as well <laughs> in the rock it was funny though and I, I i thought it was it had one of the best lines where it's like that's the sound of no one caring <laughs> and she's standing on the rock i thought that whole scene was just awesome the the actress who played Francesca did a great job of going between where she's pretending to have empathy yes. and in just the next second just destroys her and then goes yeah. back. And then it's like, it's just, I liked how she really went between that to just to, right. to show how messed up she was. Right. Yeah. You know what? If, if they were in a long-term relationship, uh, I, I, I would believe that she wasn't necessarily mentally deranged and more just in mass uh, waves of uh, highs and lows because of of yeah. um, a relationship and, and a crazy person treating you like shit or treating you well, like Maya may have been apt to do based off her own issues. But f- since it was only like a two-day period, then Francesca obviously has some mental issues as well, for sure. Um, narcissism's part of it. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> yeah. It was great where she's like, you got fat in just like two days. <laughs> and she's just like hitting everything on her. It's just, uh, it was really, <laughs> oh, like she was very scene. cruel. Like yeah. it's very cruel. Right. And it's, that's yeah. when you get the, the idea that she would be mentally and emotionally abusive. Very much so. She like used every little, little tiny chink that she had put in her armor. Like she just was like went for it. Like like oh, you got fat. Like it was like the thing that was going to bother her the most. And so right for it. Right. Well, and that's the thing about Francesca is, uh, um, what the way. The thing is, is, all right. People say a lot of bad things to people, and they use. Um, things that people said and and you know faithfully to them uh, against them. So you know, so that's why you should always be careful who you tell people uh, things about 
yourself or personal stuff because then the people can turn around and use it against you. And Francesca obviously does that big time. Now, if she had done that and they were just drinking coffee and breaking up at a restaurant, that's just people being dinks. But for her to do it while uh, Maya was trapped between <laughs> the, in the rock caves and can't, can't get out, that was pure evil because now you're keeping someone as a prisoner almost. I mean, you could technically you could you could even argue that was a um, hostage situation or, or kidnapping or something because you, you know if you if you you know it's almost like the same thing as leave, you know locking someone in a room or and and just and they can't get out um, and you you have the option to get them out and you refuse to do it. Um, but based off of how she treats. Her, her, Maya and uses all those things that Maya told her against her. Even if Maya was a dink herself for for uh, a couple of reasons, the problem is is that this shows that Francesca is is this way to a lot of people and maybe everybody because when we find out that Adrian and the twist and again since we're in spoilers we can talk about it. Adrian is actually talking about Francesca and not Maya. It appears that Francesca has done the exact same thing to Adrian as yeah. she she's d- does to Maya, you know, using all of Adrian's weaknesses and things that he's told in good faith and whatever and destroyed his mental health. And maybe he already had mental issues, you know, behavioral health issues prior anyway. And then Francesca just crushes him similar to the same way that she crushes Maya. That's what well, I with the narcissist vibe, right? Yeah, and it's that's interesting. What narcissists do. It's yeah. interesting because you see what her having gone to Francesca's bed makes her a little more sympathetic, even at this point, because she's like, now I'm going to get some things off my chest. You're trapped there. I'm going to tell you some things about right. how I feel about this. But exactly. she goes so far that then you lose all all of that feeling that they stored up from that situation, and you're like, okay. Maybe she is the obsessed one. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really nice how it, you just keep going back and forth between those two two characters at this point, not knowing who really is in control or not. It, yeah. It's just it's well, well done. And I go back to the predatory way that she is throughout the movie, right, where she's doing different things to manipulate Maya and, you know, then the way she, like, I know it wasn't, I don't think she planned it, but getting Maya stuck and then instead of being helpful, she is a predator and goes after her. She's right? very passive-aggressive. Yeah. So. Very passive-aggressive. Um, yeah. So I thought that was just, that was uh, interesting, you know, just how they they carry that on through the movie for Francesca's character, so. Right, and that's the thing about Francesca. Francesca wasn't the narcissist, the social personality disorder that she seems to have. Um, she would have never gone after Meyer in the first place because Meyer is bad news for her own mental issues. Mm-hmm. But the moment she goes after Meyer, she becomes the aggressor and the quote-unquote antagonist or villain even if, if Maya is bad news you know and that, that's the interesting thing about it and how the film it, uh, interested me the most was by the end last 20 minutes even if 
my, uh, I mean, uh, Francesca was pointed out to be this weirdo with the OCDs and, and predatory and whatever. I didn't think she was necessarily quote unquote evil or, or bad until the very end. And, and even then I feel sorry for her a little bit, but once Maya starts showing her true colors and her behavioral health issues, and again, that doesn't mean she's evil or bad or either it just means that she's someone that, you know, you shouldn't try to start a relationship with because she's bad news. But when Maya starts pulling her shit, Francesca, I began to become more sympathetic for in looking at Maya as the, oh, she's going to be the antagonist and she's the bad news, not Francesca. So I thought that was an interesting twist too. But what were you going to say, John? No, I was just going to say that like, it's the idea of broken souls and they're all broken in different ways. Because mm-hmm. Adrian's obviously broken, Maya's obviously broken from her trauma, and Francesca, obviously, you know, again, just my idea is that she's a narcissist, and you say passive-aggressive, she's got all these other kind of things, so they're all broken right. in different ways, and it's just... Well, even, even Maya, but I want to add one th- more thing before we continue, Sean, is that Maya was, I think, was already broken even before the trauma from the pregnancy, because she already had this this thing about um how she wanted to present herself to the world and and again nothing wrong with being fit and there's nothing wrong with having a career as a model but the reason she had that trauma was because of some behavioral health issue that caused her to do the things that she did which led to the more trauma which was the 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 loss of the baby and her husband um so she was even damaged before the pregnancy i think well that that, right oh oh, yeah there's no doubt there's pressure for to be i guess super thin and this and that Um, so there could be like the sea like what comes first right so i mean i think you can have she may have been whatever in her personality or her makeup had those um weaknesses or whatever you want to phrase it but then her career and what's involved in the career accentuates that it's not it's not reducing it oh no i I agree 100 percent. it's like they say that a person that comes home from a war and has ptsd was more apt to and again this is is what i read I'm i'm not saying any of this true so no hate mail but basically if if a person doesn't go to war and they just get married and mow the lawn and do a job and whatever. They won't snap and, and have mental behavioral health issues. But they could still be prone to be more apt to have behavioral health issues than other people. And so the you people who come back. Are, right? right, exactly. So the people who come back from the war that didn't have PTSD were weren't the type that would probably ever have behavioral health issues in the first place. While, so in other words, if they, if both the, the person that would never get PTSD and the person that could get PTSD and neither of them went to war, they would just live a normal life and, and you would never know, but because they both go to war, one comes out and, and is all screwed up while the other one is still mentally sound and, and can deal with it. Well, whether they gone or not still on the society aspect of it too right because well and that that's where i wanted to go back to your point which is by being a model she's in a profession 
that could cause PTSD or some sort of form of, of be a health issue because of the worry of, of weight and, and how you look and all that other stuff. But if she was already prone to, my guess is she was already prone to possibly have behavioral health issues anyway. And had she not and just become an accountant, for example, she would have never snapped like she did because she became a, uh, the pressures of, of what you look like as a model. Yeah, for a career and stuff. The only thing I was going to say about the society aspect is like when we talk like with mental health and stuff is when you talk about, especially about in previous wars, right? A lot of the the people who came back from the wars, you weren't given the opportunity to be, have mental health stuff, right? It was like you were, if you had any problems and you were, you were considered weak, you were considered, you know, if there wasn't the understanding or the appreciation that like trauma can come in all different forms. Yeah. Behavioral health uh, and mental health wasn't looked upon as a, a important aspect of um, health. Right. It was like, like, there's a post that, yeah, like it was like a post you had, I think actually maybe in the last day or whatever, it was just like the, the people asking you how you're doing and how like, there's an aspect of like, they don't really want to know because for, you know, and it, because it's the a society's thing is you're supposed to say you're fine. You're okay. And because right. no one wants to get delve believe or delve below the surface. And that's the aspect with the mental health stuff is like in those times you, you, they weren't given a chance to speak openly or freely about what they experienced and, and get support from it. They like, it was, again it was you were looked as weak or whatever without understanding exactly what these people went through you're judging them and all this kind of stuff without understanding why they have the trauma or what caused the stuff that they're going through after the fact like now it's getting better and we have a better understanding of just the situation with ptsd and other you know mental health issues and stuff that we we deal with and hopefully move removing the stigmas and stuff that but there's that aspect of no you know, that you're not allowed to show who you really are. Right. No, no. And that's all fair, Sean. But I was just using that as an analogy for Myers personality and why she may have already had behavioral health issues even before. Oh, no. And I I get it. It just, it goes, it goes with it too, though. Right. So I just thought it was good. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 to go round back to the movie, uh, you yep. were saying that the three of them all had behavioral health issues in and some for, aspect. Yeah. In so some continue. aspect. And just yep. so it's just the it's just seeing how each of it plays out for each of the characters and how they deal with it, right? Because right. they're 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 all affected in different ways with whatever it is they're they're dealing with. And I, I just I thought that aspect of it was handled well. Like it wasn't uh, sensationalizing it or um, approaching it like with I don't know just like like not understanding like they were it seemed that they put thought into how they presented each of the characters and each of the struggles that they have right, Whereas, right. you know like again you could have less sympathy for Francesca's character because of how she conducts herself but you can have a sense of sympathy for Maya for what she's gone through. And then Adrian, we don't really know what broke him. Right. right. You know, before. Well, you know, you so know what's interesting that. about that? 
it, you know what's interesting about that film, that aspect of him is that the doctor says, um, when, when he says that he just wants her, his wife or, or whatever, to to love him and respect him and honor him or whatever, I, I thought they were going to go. The doctor was going to say, "Well, she's an independent person, and you know, you you have to step back." But when she said, um, "That's." A good thing because all people want to have respect and be wanted and this and that. And I thought that was interesting. So his anger was in some ways founded. And so that was good. And then for Francesca, where they kind of immediately turn us on her as a villain and someone that we shouldn't like, to flip it and show that Meyer is also uh, sending signals that Francesca could misread as well. So it makes those two characters both at times sympathetic and then at times um, kind of antagonist as well. Um, and obviously Francesca became was antagonist the most of the film. Oh, and I think he's obsessed um, with her as well. So we don't know. I mean, we really don't know what their familiarity is either. I mean, that's well, the problem. And, well, right, right. That's the problem with, with Adrian's story is we don't know how their relationship really is. Is he is he a smotherer? Is he a jerk? Is it you know? But we honestly, I mean, don't know that they have a relationship. That's true too. You could just think he's just seeing her too. I don't know. He or you could, could even be, be an ex. With her. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. But but if if what he claims and what I you you could read into it one way to read into it, meaning his wife is being a dink to him, like you said, Sean, as as a narcissist, and using his his weaknesses, meaning his love for her and and whatever, against him to be a dink then he's kind of right to be upset and at least he's there trying to get help to work through those things oh so, i was but, thinking he was there because he was being forced to because he killed somebody yes yeah, and, like, and all his, like all his talk before that was stalker talk was kind of how i was feeling but oh. if they did have a relationship then she was messing with him as well but he was obsessed as well well, so yeah, that's why I, just, I think they yeah. all had major issues. I just and don't it, know where they all stood is in reference to each other. We don't know right. how any of them knew each other. Right. And Amy, then this comes back to where you came from at the very beginning of this podcast, which is none of the three characters we know enough to really know if they are, they are all villains or they are all victims or not. Because there's another thing that Barrett just brought up, which is maybe he was actually um, Francesca's husband or whatever. So, That's yeah, that, no, yeah, nothing, nothing is is not enough is giving to let us know. And and it comes back to what I said, right? Which is they're all ciphers. Then even he's a cipher now. Yeah, and they want you to go out of it with those questions. Yes, wondering who is who and. What's what? Because yeah. I think what they changed was when they when they give you when they actually give you the actual twist 
and reveal that he's attached or not attached to Francesca, then it then you realize that like the whole time that he's talking to that therapist or doctor or whatever is it that is after he's killed Maya. Right. Whereas when you're watching, yeah, yes. which is oh, absolutely. After, but before uh, you're because it's all interspersed that you're thinking it's it's the same time right. as the right. weekend. But it's this, but after. that's what I, but that's wow. what I loved is that that does that it flips you where yeah. it's like now you realize that no, this whole time this is after he's killed Maya. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Catch that, and yeah. Right. And I mean, go back to watch it again. I mean, he even, I mean, he killed Meyer, but it it would be third degree at at best because he, when he, when he punches her and he punches and, you know, you don't supposed to hit a woman, but he punches her because Maya cracks Francesca's head against the, the rocks. And so when he punches her, she stumbles back and falls off the rocks and to her death. So it wasn't like he intentionally murdered her no it but, was manslaughter for sure not right. not murder yeah right and then yeah exactly and you could you could, you could even get a lenient sentence just for the fact that he was protecting someone's from getting their head bashed in a second time so but so whether it, it was not in- intentional but i yeah so if if this is after the, the death then yeah that meant that changes a lot of, of the film too and again now you're making it sound like maybe he doesn't even know francesca so, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, she might opinion. know him, but he could still be a stalker. Yeah. Most but, women know they're stalkers. But That's but you true. know what though? The way the way the doctor was talking back and and we're assuming she knows the case, it made it sound like he was married to Francesca and then Francesca had been cheating on him. I think this is what they leave it up as they leave it up to you to decide is what right. it is. You can go, you can accept that he's a stalker or you can accept that he is actually her partner. Right. Right. But, but, and but that, why would the doctor be so clueless and, and not understand that you shouldn't have been following her? You're not dating her, you know, either because she doesn't say any of that. In the- I think she's treading careful ground to see where they can go with his issues. Like yeah. he's, he's very violent. And she has to keep telling him to calm down. That's true. So but, I think that might be part of it. It's possible. Though I do like your original suggestion, Sean, which is that Francesca is just a narcissist. And then my additional comments on that, which is she used, she knew Adrian and abused him in her relationship with Adrian, just as she was doing it with Maya. That's the way I took it because of how I felt about the character. But gotcha. I can, but as I say, like I totally get what Barrett's saying about, you know, he could be just a stalker. Gotcha. Right. But the thing is, well, like, and here's what's even point. worse: she could, he could be a stalker, and she could still be manipulating him. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the point too. So I mean, yeah. they all had such issues that you don't know which one is in control. Yeah. Right. And, and like the way that. Um, Francesca would like invade personal space like she was constantly oh yeah pushing into Maya like literally like touching her or like like just fix- fixing her face like so that she would be like 
That's constantly were and um it, it had she done that also with um Adrian, it's like you don't know that. You you're never going to know that. So yeah. Right. That's true too. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, and, and going back to um Francesca uh in her story, um now when she says Stott says, Okay, let's do some of that quote unquote ad hoc photography and she says, uh, take off your top to Maya and I like, wait, what? What are you talking about? I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> and Francesca takes off her own to try to make a point. But since we already know that Francesca's kinda like kinda um I guess obsessed already at that point it doesn't look like she's just kooky. In other words, you could, if, if we didn't know this was a thriller and we didn't know that she had those weird aspects earlier in the film where they focused on her, you know, like, like as a, a hawk at, uh, at a prey, meaning Maya was the prey or the OCD stuff. And we just knew Francesca as just the photographer. We could have thought that scene where she took off her top to make Maya comfortable as just being some flaky, kooky, uh, wealthy, elite and thinks nothing of it or we could look at it because of all those kooky stuff that she did earlier and creepiness that she did earlier as okay this is her you know making her play to try to get in Maya's dress more threatening. which is that loud yeah. the latter that's what she's doing <laughs> right right and that's exactly right but again if they set the if they wrote the movie a little differently, we could have just looked at her as just a flaky kook. Yeah. You know, you know, that's just something funny that she does to make people comfortable. But they had already set up intentionally in this movie to make us think Francesca was going to be an obsessive crazy person that was probably gonna do a like a um fatal attraction or something. That's what I thought they were going to go. They were going. Yeah. 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 She kind of does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. The red flags yeah. are warranted. <laughs> you yeah. can argue that the red flags are for everyone. Well, but... It's funny because he doesn't. It's funny because he just sees the results of her slapping Francesca. He doesn't know that she was just stuck in a rock for yeah. like 15 and minutes. And she was getting, getting lectured by Francesca right. for the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was more like um, it was definitely not just lectured. It was har- harangued. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a better yeah. word. Yeah, harangued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing too is that if she didn't get caught in the rocks, I'm, I'm assuming she would have just let Maya go and just, you know, blacklisted her, and that's it. But you know, do pull an Alfred Hitchcock on her, basically. But I think because she got stuck and she saw how weak Maya was in that moment and fear of being stuck, that's when she, uh, meaning Francesca, finally snapped too and decided to just go full-blown um, crazy. Yeah, she took well, advantage of the situation. Definitely. <laughs> Opportunist. In a way, though, um, all of us, um, in particular us reviewers, are 
doing ourselves a disservice because we're not even noticing something that is, I'm sure, very intentional, is that Francesca is not, um, she's not named, she's not called Francesca in the movie, she's called Frankie, which names her as, uh, and I know technically Frankenstein is the doctor and not the um, Mm -hmm. creation, but um, that gives her like the idea that she's Frankenstein. Um, And I know most people think of Frankenstein as the monster. Like, is she, is she why she is because of herself or has she been created somehow through manipulations of like different people? Or did she create Adrian, uh, a monster? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Like, yeah I'm going with she created Adrian the monster. Yeah. I was thinking about that yeah. when they. I knew that the story of Frankenstein had to be relevant to this story, uh, but yeah. I'm not sure really what their intention was for that. So I wasn't sure where to go with that. But All right. Your yeah. thoughts yeah. bring that thought to my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his intention now already to call her Francesca, and then nickname Frankie throughout the movie and then they bring up the Frankenstein uh, you know uh, comments and whatnot um, and it makes sense because yeah Frankenstein the, the doctor was um, a narcissist I guess manipulative, <laughs> manipulative uh, would break ethics because you know getting bo- grave bodies from the, the cemetery um, and uh, he was wealthy and an elitist, and yeah. he, um, yeah, just yeah. I mean, oh, and he was probably a sociopath because he only cared about himself, not anything, anybody else. And then, of course, the monster is uh, what it is, which is a um, um, stalker. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Not the I product mean, of the of what he's oh, done, right? Oh, and, and someone that's that feels out of place in the yep. world. Um, yeah, and various other things. So, um, yeah, the, the, you're right. I didn't even think of that. That there is a big analogy to, that, to that's a good story, that's a, so. that adds to the 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 storytelling, though. I think. Yeah, yeah the depth yeah, of the story is really uh, big. Yeah, the only thing that I have a problem with is is that. Maya, like, where does, where does she, Maya and Chloe, like, where does, where are they in the picture? Like, I I don't know. It's because, it, right. um, well, Mary Shelley, I guess. And um, that is actually a fault that I have. I don't know Mary Shelley's children's name. The, most of them died. Um very either at childbirth or like very soon afterwards so it it's possible that um i know that she had quite a few children i don't know if one of them was named chloe or if they were born around that time also yeah no it was chloe where, where, where does that come from in the, in this movie isn't chloe the name of the baby oh you're right oh yeah maya's baby gotcha gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that could even that could open it up even farther. But I I have the unfortunate of not knowing that. Um, yeah. Uh, it shows her children. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, keep on looking that up while I talk. 
Um, yeah, and, and uh, co-host Mike of the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, he always makes a point that when they do symbolism like that to the point of where people won't know the story, I mean, put it this way, by using Frankenstein, even if you haven't read the, the novel, and even though the movies don't fully uh, follow the novel, you can get the analogy from watching the movies or the cat or just knowing the characters. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that's a fair, fair symbolism or something like that written into a movie. But if they go deep into things that people in the audience wouldn't know, unless they actually read about certain things, and that would be a very small amount of folk, then maybe they didn't do the job. And this came up recently and come true. And I believe you were on that episode, Barrett, where Dan Lynch joined us. Were you on that episode? Come Thanks true. This one about uh, the girl uh, that did the dream. They've put the stuff to read her mind while she's sleeping. Maybe not. That's not sounding familiar to me. All right. Okay. Well. Well. Either way, there's a, a, a film in there, and Dan Lynch kept on bringing up Young. The, the the psychiatrist or, or, or the scientist because the movie talked about young a lot without actually saying anything about young because it had like title cards between sections of the movie. Oh yeah. I did see that. Yeah. I yeah, did see yeah. that with you. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Dan kept on saying to us, well, see, I, yeah. I could, I see all the symbolisms because I read young and so I knew about it. Yep. And then Mike kept on saying that that's the problem with the, one of the problems with this film is that, Unless you read Young, you wouldn't get any of these references, and that's a problem. And the question is, if they went all the way with like Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley's children, and one of them was named Chloe, how many people are really going to know that, and would it be that effective in the story by doing it if no one no one has read anything about that except for Dan Lynch? You know, you know what I'm saying? So. It it may that may be a flaw if with Maya's story and the symbolism with the Frankenstein, if they went too deep without having uh, the general artist and it's just knowing those things, you know, like we wouldn't about Fra- Doctor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster as characters. Now, uh, Sean, it, you, you oh, go on, uh, Amy. I was just going to say that it, it could be going too deep with it, or it could be just like a, a glaze onto the story where it's like you would get a lot of extra if you knew it, but it would be okay gotcha. if you didn't know that. That's but a fair point. Please, definitely, Sean. Do you know what? Do is there a Chloe? Uh, not from what I can see. The the children that survived were Percy, Florence, Shelley, Clara. Verena Shelley and William Shelley. I can't find the the fourth, which is the first baby. They just keep, okay. they just say it's a girl, but I can't find her name. Mm. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So so Adrian, Maya, and Chloe. Those three names may not reference back, or or we just don't know enough. Um, but most certainly There's Frankie a- slash oh. Fran- Francesca do. There's a, I mean, all of those names are close to, but not quite the Percy, the Percy Shelley, Mary Shelley story. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe the Chloe is referencing the Clara. Right. Right. Is yeah, Clara the only girl? Yeah. Okay. That, that might. Because the first daughter died. 
And as I say, I can't find her name. Uh, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, um, it could be that, but I, I that then it's starting to get um, really messy. Uh, so it's kind of like it's a little bit of an illusion, but it's also a very messy illusion. Right. I think even yeah. if you just stayed with yeah. just the just the analogy we talked about that's yeah, about Frankie, yeah, yeah, that's, that's enough. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, because there, there's really no reason to even bring up the Percy Shelley house and Frankenstein and all and, and Mary Shelley and all that in the first place, it without it having some interest into the plot, you know, unless. Um, the screenwriters just said, hey, we're, we're at this house. Why, why don't we just mention it for the hell of it? And I doubt that was the case. So. Yeah. Um, did they, did they by, by any chance say Adrian's second name? Uh, sorry, just give me a second. Uh, in the movie, you mean? Yeah. No, 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 no not I think to my it was knowledge. Just, just his name, yeah. yeah. I don't think they used any of the last names of the characters. No, it's just first names is what I recall. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and even on IMDb, they just list them as first names. The only one they use the last name for is Doctor Woods, the the psychiatrist slash oh. therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. And we don't even learn Doctor Woods's first name, for that matter. Again, this this makes them even more ciphers. All these characters. In a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, where else do we want to go? Uh, is there any other items that people wanted to bring up? Uh, what did what did you think about the well the the reason we even picked the film uh, for Pride Month because it is considered a, uh, by uh, Rotten Tomatoes it says drama slash LGBT um, so there's obviously an LGBT aspect of the film um, though though you know the obsession and the the behavioral health issues that they show in the film could be for any human being it doesn't matter what they're sexuality is but since since they did focus on the the lesbian aspect of of um francesca's personality or or, or i guess want, likes or, or preferences um what, what did you guys think of that and meyer at first accepting it before finally saying this is a mistake because i don't think she would have ever considered being I do uh, consider doing les lesbian sex in the first place if she wasn't at a weak moment at that point um because you know she immediately backs out and says this is a mistake i don't know what i'm doing you know whatever so what what do you guys think think of that 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 whole part of the, the film i don't think she would have thought about it because she was married not because she um would never be interested in her uh but she was at a weak moment um, so I don't think that the issue was that she wouldn't ever be interested. Well, being a model and living that type of lifestyle and based off of the pictures and her portfolio prior where she says, ah, oh, that's not me. You know, it kind of alluded to that she was a party girl and whatever. Um, a model, you could guess that lived that lifestyle with that jet set type of people you could gather could be more apt to be free spirited therefore more apt to try different preferences, I guess. However, um, and, and being in that uh, career in the first place and around those type of folk, 
a free-spirited folk and jet-setting folk, she probably seen it a lot, even if she never participated in that lifestyle. However, when she succumbed to Francesca's, um, I guess, um, desires, she then pulled back the next day and said, yeah, we should, I don't want to do this. And I don't think it's because she looked at Francesca as someone that wasn't attractive or someone she couldn't have a relationship with. But I think it was because she w- was going back to her general sexual preferences, which is uh, heterosexual, in that she was just at a weak moment. That's what I got out of it. I may be way off. I don't no, I mean, that's very possible. I think that, but I'm saying is I don't think that was the important part. Uh, you know, I mean, it, the pro- right. the important part was that she was vulnerable um, and anybody could have been in that situation. You know, it could yeah. have been anybody doing that to her that would have made her susceptible. Right. And Well, and, and that's the thing is that a lot of these films that we, we, we've been uh, discussing uh, during Pride Month, whether it's this year or the prior couple of years, uh, a lot of them we, we've noticed, and I think you you will concur, Barrett, since you've done them with, mostly uh, with me, except until this year, um, when we have uh, Sean and Amy join us, that the LGBT aspect of the film is just there as part of the characters, yep. and the film is just tagged as an LGBT film because it focuses on people that are of that sexual orientation. However, the stories that we see in these films are, could be interchangeable with heterosexual people, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think it's more of a, like you were saying, more of a weakness. She was just at a weak point for anybody. I mean, anybody could have, been in Francesca's place, um, though there probably would have been a lot more suspicion. Well, no, maybe not if it was a male photographer. I don't know. It's, it's possible. Yeah, it's an interesting thought to think about. Um, would it have been different if it had been a male photographer? Um, she might have felt less uh, or more vulnerable to a male photographer, so would have been more protective. Whereas. Yeah. She wasn't with this woman, so she actually was weaker at a weaker moment because of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's a really good point because, you know, Maya, right, looking at Francesca, she's just looking at Francesca as a woman. If, if she's not truly bisexual or uh, homosexual, she would just look at Francesca as a woman, right? Yep. As a companion, as a person there or, or whatever. But if it was a person of the gender that she prefers, in other words, heterosexual, meaning if it was a male, she, there's always going to be that tension between, you know, that like, like that is why they always say, don't go out with your coworker. If that coworker, is of the opposite gender because there's a chance that, you know, you could do it. I mean, whether or not that's true, I'm not, I'm not going to argue the, the, that point, but, but if, if it's with a, a guy and you're a guy and you're not interested in guys, you're not going to have to ever worry about uh, necessarily um, 
breaking a promise to your spouse, for example. So if she was there and it was a guy photographer, yeah, she either may be more suspicious or she would be more susceptible depending on if she liked him, was attracted to him and said, yeah, I want to get, have him, you know, take him in the bedroom with me. Or she could say, uh Oh, he, he's trying to hit on me. What do I do? Um, so the, the gen, the dynamics would be different for sure. Um, and so maybe that was another reason why she was more apt to fall for Francesca because she was never worried about Francesca in the first place. Yeah. You know, and the, and the whole, um, taking off your shirt thing would have been a lot different, <laughs> but, um, right, but exactly. yeah. that right. wouldn't have, that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Francesca knew that she, she, Francesca really was a predator because she knew that she had her in her clutches, really. That oh, she, yeah. She had, yeah. yeah, she had like a really vulnerable person that she could like grasp, like in her claw, like that, you know, she knew that she could get her trust very easily um, and that she could just kind of wheedle into a space where she could get at her almost like you know like oh well you can trust me here put your head on my shoulder oh we're kissing right. now you know so well, it's confirmed right. even more when she's listening to her phone call with her we're assuming her husband but we don't know right yeah. she cares deeply about right that's true yeah that's yeah. an excellent point yeah and and that's the thing too is that it, like for example francesca just hit on her and my said, no, thank you. And Francesca pulled back and said, fair enough. But that wasn't what Francesca was doing. Francesca was there specifically to manipulate and take advantage of Maya and get in her pants or blouse or dress or whatever you want to say. Because um, that, in, in other words, that makes her, like you said, Amy, a predator and not just someone that was making an honest attempt to, to, to just get a date, you know? And, and that, 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 yeah, that, so that, that makes Francesca kind of a dink, especially since she was using a person at a weak moment who had issues. She found out she had issues, used those issues. And then also the things that she said, Oh, you know, let me hold your, or put your head on my shoulder. She, was doing it because of sexual reasons while Maya was doing it because, Oh, here's someone that's, that's really being nice to me and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, there, there was a trust issue there for sure. That was, that was pretty bad. Now I'm looking at, at Francesca and go, Oh yeah, that's disgusting. She's yeah. Not she's not a nice person. No. <laughs> yeah. And then I think as well, like when you see, okay, so when she finally does, or she thinks that she's got Maya, in her grasp and then Maya yeah. change, you know, changes her mind the next day. Yeah. That's why I think she's so uh, cruel in the situation where Maya gets stuck because again, it's like, Oh, I don't think so. To, don't I'll think tell so? you why. No, because I think it, she was pissed. She and was. She, but I think the thing that really made her become cruel was when Maya came to her bed and then when Francesca started um, trying to make out with her, 
Maya f- woke up from whatever day she was in and freaked oh, out. They were pretty deep in it, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just making out. And I, I think anybody would have been mad in that situation. She just yeah. then again goes the further mile and making it worse and being meaner about it. So that's right. where her issues are. You know, it's like anybody be mad about what happened there. Yeah, it was a it was that was why I was wondering if Francesca was like like you know multiple personalities or um like you're saying a fugue state because that was really Oh, you mean Maya. Like, yeah. Maya, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um that cuz it's like it was really strange cuz it's like she has that um uh, incident with Francesca in the bathtub but then um kind of goes out of it and then she's sitting there and she's like dazed out and like staring into space and they end up together again and then she comes out of that and that and it ends up bad you know like because they hear the um person in the house possibly and then the third thing is that she goes to francesca's bed so it's just really it's like she's got her like other personality that's gay like there's another one too though she when they're when they're on the boat and they get to shore and there's that guy that's almost drowning she oh my god yeah be, she seems to be in that state and then all of a sudden she runs off right yeah. save this guy out of nowhere and francesca's like you what can tell heck? francesca gets mad yeah but it's just one of those situations that couldn't be helped you know it's almost like yeah. she's mesmerized Right. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that's interesting, too, is that when she goes to Francesca at night, even if it is one of her fugue states, and they start making out a little bit, or, or even more, as you said, Barrett, and then she wakes out of her fugue state, she starts yelling at Francesca and saying, what are you doing to me? Why are you here? And, and Francesca is completely confused. It's like, what do you mean? You're in my bedroom. Kissing, you were just kissing me. You came to my room, and you're you're asking why I'm in this room when it's. What do you mean? You're the one that's in this room that doesn't supposed to be in this room. So, yeah. so being the crazy person that Francesca is. Let me rephrase that. Being the behavioral health individual that Francesca is, that doesn't help Francesca. And no. based off of what Francesca Seska is, which is what you said, Sean, a narcissist and many other things, the meanness comes really out. Now, Sean, to go back to your point, um, and I interjected and we went on a a three to four minute tangent here. You were still going to say something about Francesca. What was that? And I apologize for. Uh, Now I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were saying that it was it was basically I was disagreeing with what you were saying because I said Francesca had a right to be angry because of that where Maya basically flipped out and said, Why are you in here? And it's like because this is my I can, like I can see what you guys me. are all saying, right? But mm-hmm. because of how I'm viewing her other Fra- conduct, yeah, yeah Francesca's right. conduct, to sure, me sure. that's just where it, it's like she she as someone who's about being a predator and about being in control because that's really what it seems to be about yeah the whole going back and forth with maya is her not having control and so when she gets that moment of maya being stuck in the rocks again right that's another let's it's like her reclaiming um that power and then of course just you know 
unleashing her barrage of cruelty. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with you on that. The only thing that throws a uh, a little hitch in it is this scene we're talking about, though, where she no, goes to her room. Like, it I just it, it, yeah. it makes the rest of the the situation odd because she goes there under in this fugue state. It, it, it makes Francesca a little more understandable in her anger, but she's still exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. I have a, another question. What do you guys think about the intruder, the the person in the house, or or what 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 Maya thinks is there? Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. Yeah, is 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 there really an intruder in the house, or is it Maya being crazy, or not is sure. it a ghost, or I'm not is sure. it actually Adrian? Yeah, yeah. I when wondered I, if it was Adrian, but that wouldn't make sense if. Yeah. You would think that he would have done something sooner than what he does exactly. at the very end. But it could be him if he's doing stalkerish behavior and he thinks that Francesca's in danger out on the rock, yeah. then he yeah. goes running there after he's been watching them for a while and knowing the way, that they've been yeah. doing stuff. The, the reason I was, I was going with that it was Adrian was because they do have intentional camera shots that there's yeah. Maya didn't have that perspective. Right. So there was someone there and that's why I assumed it was Adrian who was fine. And there's a couple, like the sequence where, in, where Francesca's in the room and someone enters the room. I thought that was going to be Adrian going yeah. after Francesca in a part, you know, before and then they trick, us. Going, and they trick <laughs> us and then yeah. it's, it's Maya, but like, oh. Aside from where the perspective, like when they go outside and there's there's someone looking from a different perspective that's watching them. And that's why I just assumed it was Adrian. Well, you know, what's funny is that I I at first thought there may have been someone here, but then I'm thinking now my is just crazy. And then because they never followed through with it, the story after that, that makeout session and she stops it because she thinks someone's there i kind of thought okay my is just crazy and and i'm thinking i know i know that the film tries to trick us many ways at many points i'm thinking that was just two things it was trying to trick us but it was also trying to make us think maya or at least point us in the direction that maya was was mentally be have mental behavioral health issues too and that she may be a problem as as much as francesca is but i mean i don't know yeah it's they never answer it right if there was someone there or not whether it was imagination or not whether it was she's crazy or not but i like the fact that, that they mess with you that way yeah, yeah. Because there's a there's there's so many like I don't think it's done out of laziness or whatever. I think it's right, intentional, right. Yeah. and I think I like the I like that it does really challenge you. You can't just not be paying attention to this movie. Yeah, definitely. You have to be watching. You have to be watching because there's so much. There's so many layers to it. Oh, we haven't even talked about the bar scene. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, cause she's his ass. Like, she's... I, yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, what is going to happen here? Like, is she going to, like, hurt this guy, like, bad or what? Yeah, explain explain what what the what the guy said. What, what was he saying? Was he saying that they were lesbians? Was he saying that they were just sexual inenders? Do it to me. What, what was what was he saying? They're that? saying that about the singer. Okay, so it was the singer that they were talking about at first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were talking okay. about Katie he's... Lang, and yeah, yeah they were insinuating right. that she was gay because she was singing kind of Katie Langish songs and gotcha. And they like were that. just being drunk dicks, right? So, yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, right. And then so they said, then they said something to Maya, right? He says, "What did he say to Maya?" Well, he, he falls fall, into he falls the falls of their booth, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And then that's where he's like trying to like doing his like drunk pickup or whatever with her. Francesca's right. pissed, and then that's yeah. when she falls him into the bathroom and threatens him. Yeah. And like, I like the fact that they actually like, you know, do you, she's menacing. Yeah. If, like she's yeah. really menacing. So that, again, that's that predator aspect that that she oh. has, mm-hmm. right? And it's like she's not. It's not just like she'll use it against women. She'll use it against anyone. Yeah, right. and, and and not that the guy didn't deserve. No, and the, he's a dick. But, so, but 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 um, Ma, uh, Francesca was wasn't doing it for uh, Maya because she's friends with Maya. She was doing it because it's you know possession. Yeah, it, it's my property. Maya's my yeah. property. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I just like again that was like like an interesting thing to show about Francesca. Yeah. Right, because it, it just it, to me it just kept pushing that envelope of just like she's not stable, yeah, and like I it's not someone I would want to know because <laughs> I don't think it would end well for me. <laughs> <laughs> Could be fun in the interim though. Well, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> she's not yeah. stable, and she is a definite threat, which I, yes. is what I brought out of it. Is like she is she's violent and she's a threat to Maya and other people in the in the storyline. So that makes me believe it's easier to believe that she was abusive to Adrian, assuming they were as a couple of some kind. Yeah, yeah. that's a big assumption. I I'm not sure of that. I think he's just dangerous as well. And he's a stalker and it's just uh it's a triple but, stalker almost. <laughs> but but yeah. I like the fact that, that it's left open again, right? Yeah, because right. Because I, yeah. I, I kind of lean more to to Barrett. I mean, I'm sorry, to, to you, Sean, because I, I got that he was with her and she was betraying him. And, what, and I don't know if you can call someone a stalker that is trying to find out if their spouse is cheating or not. But it's like you said, Barrett, it could be open-ended, and you could actually think he's a stalker, too. Yeah, so, we don't know that he's a spouse, so that's the problem. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And the only reason I think he was the spouse, again, was because the doctor play, talked as if he was talking about his spouse, meaning, especially yes. if this was after the the death of Maya. She was at least a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. At least, at least at one point. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, that's who he's talking about. That the person he's talking about isn't necessarily Francesco. So. Uh no, I took it like based on how it flips out. Yeah. How it I ends at the end. Francesca. It sounded like it was Francesca. It's Francesca. Yeah. So the the whole time that we're meant to think it's Maya, he's talking about Francesca. 
Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying though, is, is that it's never it's never played as right. Right. He never they never say it in the meeting. It, but it's an implication but, or whatever. Right, but you can imply it based yeah. off of who where he goes at the end of the film and he protect he's protecting Francesca. Yeah. You know, that, 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 so, but you're right. I mean, he could have just been walking the beach and he saw two women that have nothing to do with the woman he's talking about fighting. And he goes to save one of them, you know, and, and he, because again, they never mentioned the name, right? So it could have just been a random punch of, hey, you don't hurt this other woman. That Who are you? That is so true. That is another possibility. Yeah. That's yeah. What, again, that's what makes it great, though, right? Is that you have, like, it's open ended in a good way because it leaves, so many things to your own imagination and perspective. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, yeah, you could totally just be a rando who was like, Hey, you shouldn't hit that other girl or, you know, push that other girl. <laughs> and you know, and he's like, bam, <laughs> that that is, that's the only thing that makes you feel that it, it was a, a spousal situation is the exactly. punch, that it was an actual punch. Yeah. Well, he could right. have anger issues. That's kind of what I felt from the very beginning to the end was that he had anger issues that that's he was. True. That's yeah. why he had to see this doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I just threw that out as as somewhat as a whim, as a joke, but it it could be absolutely that could be what happened too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That would actually be more ironic. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah. You're right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else? Uh, anybody want to bring up? We've been talking about uh, hour and fifty-eight minutes. It says here. Uh, anything else? Anybody want to bring up? Just the um, drowning guy was kind of a rando. It was kind yeah, of that weird. Was, that was the weirdest scene I thought in the whole movie. Was that yeah. all of a sudden there's this drowning guy in a kayak on the edge of the water, <laughs> and they had been and out they, like, for a really him, comfortable like, kayaking for a while. Right. What <laughs> well, did it just <laughs> happen? Did they yeah. row their boat in and then? They see that? I just didn't get that. That was a weird well, scene. I, I liked. I liked. He docked and went. Bloop. I, I liked Maya's uh, uh, reaction later when when uh, Frankie says, "Wow, you saved that guy," and she goes, "Oh, I did. Oh, I didn't even think of that." Fugue state again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny, but weirder. Or I showed that there's something something wrong there. That like like uh, uh, you did something pretty. Uh, cool or heroic, and you're like, what? Who? What? Who? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. There was a couple times in the movie where I I did do the mystery science theater thing, where I was like, movie, movie. Remember, we're here. The audience is here. Like I did. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? What? But maybe it actually happened accidentally. Yeah, <laughs> keep the film. We can't afford to cut it. <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, they did show the kayak guy earlier in the film. So, and I thought that was just yeah. you, know, you know a cut scene, like you know when they show a car drive by or the outside yeah. of a building. But it was actually a Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's, Chekhov's <laughs> kayak. Yeah, exactly. well, I thought it was also because <laughs> Francesca says that like no one comes out here, and then there's the guy in the kayak. <laughs> I know, and right. they're on completely flat water. Like, there was no roughness of the water they were on. And they get to shore, right. and there's this guy that's almost dead from being in the water. Well, yeah, I, I, to, to be fair, it, it was far. Uh, it's a very foggy area. They kept on showing a lot of fog. Yes. So he so. ran aground and almost killed himself. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just assume he's not a great kayaker, but he can have it over and he can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Anyway. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? I'm good on my end. I'm right. good. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think All right. good too. It was a, it was a, a way more complicated film than um yeah. All right. Well, 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 all right. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it in a second. So uh, before we do get into our final thoughts, uh, uh, Barrett, me, you, co-host Mike, and co-host Eric, do another podcast. Yeah, darkdiscussions.com, where we talk about everything horror. That's right. That's the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the flagship podcast and the original podcast of the network. Yep. And uh, Sean, myself, you, uh, Barrett, and co-host Mike uh, just wrapped up a podcast. Cortana's Communiques, based on the Halo first season, based on the Halo video game series. Indeed, indeed. And uh, Amy, uh, you uh, do maybe three or four times a year a podcast? Um, Fishnets and Phantoms. I um, am looking at some software. I'm trying to get it working, and um, hopefully there will be an episode coming out soon. Indeed, and uh, her last episode was uh, the top 15 films, horror films of 2021. Am I right? You said 15, right? That was 15, right? Top 15? Uh, tw- yeah, 2021, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so, um, yep, go on. I, oh, um, I'm thinking about doing the next one uh, about uh, having some stuff to do with Miss Marvel and um, possibly the movie The Cellar. Okay, very good. So, Miss Marvel, the, the Disney show, and the seller, the Shutter movie. So, yeah, yeah. very good. Excellent. And uh, all right, so I think we can get into our final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, one more thing, which is Dark Discussions at AOL.com, or contact us link on the menu on darkdiscussions.com and email us your thoughts. So, uh, we'll start with you, Amy, on uh, The Adored. What was your opinion and final thoughts? I I thought Adored was a really good movie. I mean, it was well, okay. Um, it has some flaws because it's very independent. It's um, you know, so you can kind of feel the independence in like a little bit of the jankiness of the um actors and plot. But um, at the same time, if you give it the you know um handicap of of that, um, you really have a lot to to fall into you you've just you've noticed with our discussion that all of the many issues of things going on in the plot and the different permutations of um of the storyline and how how everything goes and i've actually come to appreciate it more from discussing it so um yeah i i liked it a lot and uh i probably should go and watch it again and um watch it with the perspective of not knowing where Adrian fits in at the whole thing. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with Sean. I really liked this movie. I really enjoyed the, the multiple layers to the story and the characters. I enjoyed the twist. I enjoyed how um, the movie was like the choice, different choices for shots and um, sequences. I really liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Bear last week. But I thought I enjoyed this even more. So out of the three of the movies that we've watched so far this month, I would say this one is, to me, hands over the best. All right, sounds good. 
Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, this is a pretty pretty good film. Um, uh, it wasn't the drama that I was originally expecting, uh, though I can't even say that because I knew it was partly thriller going in um, because of uh, the IMDb about the obsession and stuff. Uh, but um, the the story uh, was pretty good. Uh, the twists were very interesting. Um, the questions that are, are given to us at the beginning and even left with us at the end uh, actually helped the film a little bit rather than, than make us scratch our head and say, what the heck? Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty good film. Um, I, I still probably think I like Bear um, the best of the three so far because, again, uh, it's a straight drama and kind of um, ennui and coming of age and all that other stuff, so I, I like that. But but this one, this one was a strong film and uh, definitely recommended for folks who like um, thrillers and character studies of people that um, may be unreliable. And uh, it does have enough uh, nudity and, and sex for the grindhouse folk as well. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty good film for a general people. Just make sure that you know that there's no real action or violence to it that would bring in, say, uh, horror, horror type fans uh, for folks who uh, are more familiar with thrillers that, that the overlap of horror. And you could say it's a psychological horror. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I would definitely call it a psychological thriller for sure. Uh, so if you know what that means, you'll, you'll understand what this film is and, and not be surprised about where's the violence. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good film. Uh, but I do concur with Amy that you can tell that it has some low budget aspects, um, but it doesn't really hurt the film too much. There was some violence, though, Phil, you're forgetting, when she's smashing the knives in the, the pots and pans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or when she's twirling that one knife by her like she's going to kill herself. Yeah. That yeah. was a weird scene, too. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, no worries. All right, so that's my thoughts on the film. And uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I really like this film. I thought it was really well done. It really keeps you guessing. And even some ideas I hadn't thought of uh, came out during this discussion. So I, I, the discussion made me like it even more. It's so far my favorite movie of this month. Um, we'll see what the next one brings. But right now it's number one. All right. Sounds good. So uh, that's uh, some, uh, I guess everybody here would say that Adored is uh a hidden surprise because it's again a very, uh, uh, I guess, obscure film, and yet we all liked it probably more than uh, any of us would have expected for such a film that is that obscure. Uh, so uh, that was uh, the Adored. Uh, right now, the Adored can be pretty much rented anywhere films are. It does have a DVD. Um, I actually do have the DVD. Um, I forget if there's any extras on it, uh, but I have it right in front of me here. And let me see if it does have any extras. Uh, oddly, it doesn't say it has anything on the back, so I'm not sure. But either way, it does have a disc. And the disc, actually, you can get it with two different covers. Uh, one cover is the thriller cover, and one cover is the, I guess, the romance slash drama cover um so it, it's interesting like i said earlier they, they try to market the film two different ways as a thriller or a drama slash romance depending on i guess where they're 
they tried to promote the film back in 2012. Uh, but you also can find it free on Plex and free on Tubi right now as well. Uh, so if you have accounts with either Plex or Tubi, you can uh, watch the film there for free. Um, so uh, once again, 2012, the film starring Laura Martin Simpson, Iona Butler, Jake Muscull, Caroline Burke Cook, uh, directed by Kyle Medland and Amajit Singh, uh, written by Jody Medland. Um, I think we may, most of us, the least famous of everybody was probably Laura Martin Simpson, and oddly, Laura Martin Simpson may have been the the highlight of the film. Um, yeah. 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 So, uh, what do you think, Barrett? I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, kudos to her. Uh, all right. So, uh, we'll be back next week, uh, obviously, for the the final movie of Pride Month uh, of the art house lesbian subgenre of LGBTQ genre of film. And uh, with all that stated, Barrett, why don't you lead us up? Thanks again for joining us during Pride Month. Join us next weekend when we bring the last film to you. 